Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 380. Guys, we're 20 episodes away. Uh, technically 21 if you count this one. No, actually, that's incorrect. Uh, 20 episodes away from uh, episode 400. So I mean what I said. Let us know. I want to hear your ideas, no matter how crazy or grandiose they are, what we should do for episode 400. We did get a good one, spicy food challenge. So like sort of like hot wings, but like Elijah Fire style. Uh, so that is an option. That is an option. Uh, so uh, keep the ideas coming, you guys. And let us know in the comments. Let us know in the live chat. You can write us privately. That's probably the most recommended way. You can You can DM us on Instagram or you can write us on Facebook. Probably the easiest way to communicate your swell idea. Or if you just have random questions you want to throw our way, uh, you can do that. You guys are really great at asking those questions um, as well. So let us know, you guys. Uh, Today, we are officially out of January and into February. And uh, I'm excited for this month, weirdly. I've just been looking at stuff that I have planned. and I don't know. I just have a, a strange excitement about this month. And I think it goes beyond some of the fun plans that I have. So i um, super excited about it. And guys, we also appreciate you guys following us on Spotify, especially if audio only is your preferred method. Um, Mariah uploads every single live that we do. And she has it uploaded by the next morning. Sometimes she's she she pulls a fast one and she uploads it like a couple hours right after we we air. So. Uh, please, um, uh, yeah. So, uh, please make sure to uh, follow us there. We really appreciate that. So, all right. Without any further ado, uh, my guest today. For those who don't know who he is, he's a preacher. He's a revivalist. He's an evangelist. He's also co-founder of the California Will Be Saved movement. Let's give it up for our guest today, Ross Johnston. Ross Johnston, how are you, man? Hey, what's up, Jeff? So good to be back on Elijah Fire. It's going to be yeah, a great brother. episode. <laughs> yeah, brother. Yeah, brother. What have you been up to lately? You're like all over the place. Man, I've just had the amazing privilege to travel America and see Jesus touch people's lives. Amazing churches, amazing ministries. It has just been an incredible start to 2024. Come on, come on. So backstage we were talking and I actually saw, I was doing a little research and I saw you made a post, I think it was a couple of days ago, but you were talking about a dream you had in 2022 and you really believe that that correlates to today and specifically the dream, I'll kind of jog your memory if you're fuzzy, was about California being divided into two different colors, red and blue, all right? So I'd love for you to actually share that because I think that's a good bedrock for the show today. Yeah, I mean, it was two years ago. And I remember it was the day or two before our one year anniversary of our ministry, California will be saved. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember I saw, I don't remember if it was a dream, if I was sleeping or I just kind of saw while I was awake, but Mm -hmm. I remember seeing the state of California and I saw half of it red, half of it blue. And you know, my immediate first thought was like, is this like politically based? Yeah. Republican Democrat. Yeah. 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 But then I had this thought hit me as I was, you know, thinking about this dream that the color red and the color blue when they combine, they make the color purple. Mm-hmm. And purple, what it typically signifies is majesty, you know, glory, splendor, beauty. Royalty, royalty. Yeah. yeah. And so what I felt the Lord speaking to me about that dream is that only the glory of God can really unite a divided people and even a divided church. 
Because here's the deal, you know, when the presence of God becomes tangible and manifest, when when the glory of God becomes real to us, we lose denominationalism, right? We lose our preferences. We lose all these things that we so that we try to identify ourselves with as Christians. Because when Jesus shows up in the room and he's truly there in a tangible way, we simply want him. We don't care about anything else. We don't, we're not looking to anything else. We simply want to love him and receive what he has for us. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just believing 2024 that this dream would not only be for California, not only America, but the nations of the earth. And so I've just been praying, God, send your glory, release your manifest tangible presence, like Joel chapter two on the earth. And so that's a, that's been a significant dream as we started this year off. Yeah, well, I think it's it's not uh, especially for Americans or people that are watching America. It's not lost on people that were very polarized in a lot of things. And there's things that I'm like, surely this is an issue that we'll all unite under. And then it's not. I think a good example of that would be, um, I, I think it was last year, Sound of Freedom came. Yeah, it was last year. Sound of Freedom came out, and it was about child trafficking and all of that. And I was like. Okay, this is something that we'll get, we'll get locked in on altogether, and even that was polarizing. So, which I was really surprised to see. But um, I think that that image that you you got about California, in many ways, it does apply, like you're saying, to the 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 nation, because we definitely have that polarization politically between Republican, red, Democrat, blue. Uh, but I think it's a great picture of the mixture and the unity and uh unifying under the majesty of jesus versus you know trying to do it in our own ability of like okay no if we can all get in the same headspace with this specific issue we've tried that and it's made us more polarized yeah so i think it's great yeah 100 percent. and isn't it interesting you know as we're talking about this right now i'm just thinking like obviously republicans are red democrats are blue <laughs> wouldn't it be of god that like you know the two main political parties in america choose these two exact colors that are opposite, but when they combine, it signifies the glory of God. You know, right. it just sounds like a, you know, a prophetic showdown, yeah. a prophetic setup, so to speak. Totally. So like, Man, God, send your presence so that even Come those on. who are on the way deepest, you know, furthest apart on thought processes and doctrine and all the different things. And if your glory comes, God, it would unite us in a way that we'd never experienced before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that there's also a misconception too with, like I'm not, I'm not trying to vilify people. All everyone has their mountains, right? You've got, you know, if you're called to the political mountain, the education, whatever. Uh, but I do think that there is this tendency for not careful to allow that mountain to be the thing that you're known for and the persecution that comes from that. And what I mean by that is like, there's a specific political issue, for example, and you're like, no, this is my, this is my thing. And ultimately, I would much rather be persecuted for Jesus than for representing some specific thing. And I think I can think of no other worthy person to be persecuted for than Jesus himself. And so I think having, especially this year, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to allow ourselves to be known for something other than Christ himself. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I think once we identify outside of, being a Jesus follower, it's just dangerous. Now, obviously, you know, as we live a life, there's practicality, right? There's work, there's politics, there's Mm -hmm. all these different things. But man, my identity is never based in any of those things. Those are just an outflow of my identity in Christ, right? And so as soon as I take on an identity 
from a, a something else. It might even be a good thing. It could even be a church thing. It could even be a ministry, right? <laughs> but as soon as my identity takes on that, as opposed to being a son or daughter of God, man, we get off track really fast. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think a good image that I got is of like spokes of a wheel of Jesus, the center hub and all these other things by extension, not bad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they serve to support the wheel itself, but the hub is the thing that actually joins all those spokes together. And you get into real big trouble when you start shifting away from, okay, no, the, the center hub, Jesus himself, is he's the thing that's all these spokes are connected to. And then you start looking at one of the spokes as the thing that everything is connected to. The, yeah. It, the wheel structure will completely fall apart. So, yeah. And I yeah. think we learned a lot in 2020, you know, because, you know, it's easy to look at yeah. the other side, whatever the other side is for you and say, yeah. they're so bad. But the truth mm-hmm. is both sides found their identity in other things outside of Jesus. That's right? it. And that's so it's it. like, man, like, listen, <laughs> what, what happens if we keep our identity locked in as a son or daughter of God, empowered and filled by Holy Spirit to go and impact the world around us? Like, what if instead of having, listen, and I'm all for standing for righteousness, I'm all for standing for freedom. But yeah. what if we had more conversations in our personal life around the presence instead of the practicals? Mm. Let me explain what I mean by that, yeah. right? I'm all for the practicals. We need to have jobs to make money to support our family. We should be voting as Christians for biblical uh, for biblical design. I'm all for that. But if we're all about the practical and, the, and we forget that the presence of God and encounter with God is what really shifts a life. We'll become so focused on and speaking our own opinion, you know, our own doctrine, our own X, Y, and Z, as opposed to leading people to Jesus, right? Yeah. If my conversations with non-believers are more geared towards politics than they are who Jesus is, man, I've probably missed it somewhere, right? Yeah. Because the truth is, you're not going to argue somebody into the kingdom of God. <laughs> what, right? what Ross? What come on, do, man. <laughs> you're not, no one ever gets argued into the kingdom of God. Right. What happens is, yeah. yes, we need to share truth and love, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it's an encounter with Jesus. Let me give you. Let me just give an example, right? I'm at the gym. I'm talking to people in there. Like, you know, I could talk political beliefs. I could talk, you know, whatever I want to talk about. But the truth is, when I love somebody and I look at them for who they are, and I'm talking about their life story, and I'm getting connected on a heart level with them then all of a sudden their heart becomes tender because they go, oh my gosh, this guy's being real and authentic with me. And they don't even care about political beliefs. They just want to know like, who am I and why am I like that? Then I get to share Jesus. And when this person gets saved, guess what? You know, what's really going to change someone's heart to actually vote for biblical values is not me arguing with them. Maybe that'll happen. It's happened, you know, with a few Maybe people. Maybe one in a million. You exactly. Know. <laughs> so what it's going to take is it's going to take the presence of the Holy Spirit yeah. to renew their mind yep to have the thoughts in the mind of Christ. And then that flows into their politics, that flows into their family, that flows into their workplace, it flows into their finances, it flows into everything everything else. Let's start with an encounter, hosting the presence of God, sharing the gospel, and let the Holy Spirit renew people's minds. Yeah. Have you seen, I mean, you're you're out there, Ross, you talk to a lot of people, you pray for a lot of people. Um, Have you seen people who maybe were abrasive towards you, but maybe they allowed you to pray for them. And then they actually felt something like you felt a shift in your interaction with someone based off of the intervention of the Lord. Have you ever, does anything come to mind? Yeah, there is one thing that comes to mind. I was at an event with my friend, Jenny Donnelly, and Mm -hmm. uh, she's been raising up literally women all across America. And she did the event in Portland, Oregon. And so outside of the event, you know, Portland, Oregon is known for their LGBTQ community. And mm-hmm. so when we left the event, there's probably a group of like, I don't know, five to seven, a part of that community or, or what they would call allies of that community. 
And I was like, you know what? Let's go talk to them. You know, like instead of them just saying signs and we walk by, like, let's just engage with them, you know, and they were calling me all sorts of things. You know, I'm a white nationalist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all, the, all these types of things. And I, and I was explaining to them like, hey, have you have you heard my story? Like I was born by artificial insemination. You know, I grew up in a lesbian household. So if you think that I hate that community, I mean, you have a big issue there because that's literally my family right now. And so, mm. you know, they kept just saying these things over and over, white nationalists, or I'm trying to, you know, I'm fascist or whatever yeah. they were saying. Mm -hmm. And all I did, honestly, is I was just like, Lord, give me a word of knowledge. Lord, give me a word of knowledge. Because I'm not going to be able to argue with them because right. they, they don't want to get to a heart level with you. They don't well, want to see you like, as a normal person. Yeah. And I think the, the, the misconception, like it, it is a lot of these people are actually entertaining a spirit. It's a very divisive one and it wants to be, it wants you to try and argue with it. Mm -hmm. So anyways, yeah. continue. And I remember like looking at this guy and he just kept saying the same thing over and over. And anytime I try to get to like a, like a, like a heart connection with him, he wouldn't want to go there. Like I, I was like, Hey, what's your name? He wouldn't even tell me his name. You know, <laughs> I'm like, Hey, where are you from? He wouldn't tell me where he's from <laughs> because we've been so taught and this is both sides too. But in this case, we've been so taught don't like make the person personal because then you actually have to engage with like a real person. Mm. Just see them as almost like the enemy. Yeah, like you they're bad. Strip they're them of their humanity and yeah. they're just bad guy. Yeah. And so yeah. I, as soon as I, and when I kept just talking to him, he kind of opened up a little bit and I, and you could tell like he was just saying, he was just saying things because, well, he kind of had to because of mm -hmm. who's with him. Yep. But I'm like, I never forget that because I was just loving on him and just sharing with him and just sharing my testimony and mm -hmm. just talking to him, asking questions. And it, it was just an interesting, interesting encounter to say the least. So definitely have had some uh, abrasive people, but they're, yeah. they're the most fun because they don't want you to be a real human being. They want you to argue. So when you be a, when you become a real human being, it's just fun to see their reactions. Right. So did you, did you, I must, I, I may have missed this. Did you actually get a word of knowledge for him? You were sitting there going, God, give me a word of knowledge, please. I can't remember. I feel like I got something. And when I asked him about it, he wouldn't engage with it. But I, I remember he did tell me, he was like, yeah, I grew up in the church. So he, he like, I hit something yeah. because he wouldn't have, he would have never said that outside of that, you know, well, but I he think, started talking to me about how he grew up in the church and oh, all these yeah. different experiences. Yeah. I think too, we can look at situations like that and, and by you getting a word of knowledge or even you going out there, putting yourself out there and you get a moment, like just a, just a, something you can barely grab a hold of, but you get a moment of. I guess maybe dethroning this inhuman apex of evil that he had in his mind, what you represent Ross in his mind, you had this moment where you got dethroned from that in his, in his mind for just a moment, mm -hmm. God is going to use that. And I think uh, like I've had plenty of moments where I've gotten words of knowledge for people and I can feel in the spirit that it hits, it hit them. But on the surface, they were like, okay, thank you. Bye. You know, like, <laughs> just like very certain, but you can feel that it's just like, it, it busted right through any barriers they had. And a lot of people can be really disarmed by that and startled by that because they're like, how did this person know that? Like that yeah. hit to my core. So um, I, I'm never, I mean, obviously it's awesome to have like word of knowledge. Someone starts crying. God shows up evidently and you have this amazing thing. I've had those, but then there are also plenty. Sometimes it feels like more where it's like word of knowledge and it's just like, okay, thank you. Bye. You know? Yeah. And, and so you can't, you know, I look at that. And I'm like, you know, that it still impacted that guy. Absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So Ross, let's talk about, um, 
I've heard you say on on your social media platforms, but also backstage about this year being Psalm 24. Um, and I, you know, the, a lot of people, that's something that God has been speaking to a lot of people specifically about Psalm 24. And it kind of goes beyond just, okay, well, it's 2024, Psalm 24, you know, like it's deeper than that. But I would love to hear, I guess, your insights into this and what the Lord has shown you. Yeah, I mean, really, there's two things that the way the scripture starts is it's really talking about how the Lord created everything and everything is his. Right. And I think why I like that first part of scripture, it's like this foundation of like, hey, listen, God is on the throne. Mm-hmm. Like he is not pacing in heaven. Like, oh, my gosh, did you see what happened in this nation? Oh, my gosh, did you see what happened in this life? Like he is there. He sees it all. He is full power, full authority. He's not fearful. He's not timid. He sits on the throne, right? And then it kind of goes into the next portion where it talks about who may ascend the hill of the Lord, right? Who may enter the presence of God, those with clean hands and pure hearts. And so obviously in the new covenant, we know we've been purified by the blood of Jesus. And so I think it's bringing this point like, hey, we have to remember who we are, that we've been cleansed, we've been purified, and we can actually access and ascend into the presence of the living God, right? And then the next portion, it's like it takes this whole flip and it talks about, Open up, you ancient gates. Open up, you ancient doors, and let the King of glory enter in. And there's two things that come to mind for that. Number one, have you in your personal life let the King of glory in, right? If you're Mm. somebody who has not surrendered fully to Jesus, have you let the King come into your heart? Is he the King of your life, the ruler, the Lord, the leader, the one who you submit to, the one who you learn from? But then the second thing I see is, okay, maybe maybe you have received Jesus. Well, now I'm thinking more on a mass scale. Let the King of glory come into my city. Right. Let the king of glory come into my state. Let the king of glory come into my nation. And I love how it says, open up, you ancient gates, you ancient doors. When I read that, what I think about is there is a history there. There is something that has happened in the past where when you say open up ancient gates, it's not saying I'm trying to create something new. It's saying, no, there's already been something that has been opened or formed or created. And we're believing for it to open up again. And so I'm like, man, I think of the first great awakening in America, the second great awakening, Charles Finney, right? Azusa Street Revival, Jesus mm-hmm. People Movement, mm-hmm. Amy Simple McPherson, all these amazing fathers and mothers of the faith. That's what my prayer has been. God, open up these ancient gates and doors of revival. Open these up in cities. Open these up in nations. We want to see an outpouring of your spirit. And so I just, and once again, you know, 20, the year is 2024. Psalm 24, I just felt like I couldn't miss that. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's kind of in your face for sure. Um, do you, you know, you mentioned maybe you haven't let Jesus in, how can you say it, fully in or whatever, but I was thinking about, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. Is it possible for Christians to say yes to Jesus, but not fully allow Jesus into their life in terms of him becoming Lord of their life? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I think of that scripture where Jesus said, you know, if anybody wants to be my follower, they must take up their cross, deny Mm -hmm. their self and follow me. He didn't say believe in me. He said, follow me. So Mm -hmm. I see a difference there between belief and following, right? A lot of people have a belief, which is a great place to start, right? Romans 10 says, if you confess with your mouth Mm -hmm. and you believe in your heart, you will be saved. Mm -hmm. But Jesus always takes it to the next level, so to speak. He's like, I don't just want you to believe in me. I want you to follow me. And so I believe the king of glory, a lot of people might have a reverence towards God, a reverence towards Jesus. Maybe they even read the Bible from time to time. Maybe they even pray from time to time. They're going to a church. You know, maybe they're living a Christian life. But are you actually following Jesus? Yeah. Right. Jesus said make, to be he's supposed to be our Lord, a Lord. We don't really have concept for this because we're in, you know, the 21st century and 
in America and the Western world, right? But a Lord is somebody where literally I'm submitted to them and I come under their rule, their Lordship, where they go, I go. What they say yes to, I say yes to. What they say no to, I say no to. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. And so my challenge and my question is, even when I'm, when I'm at churches or around Christians, is like, hey, you believe that's amazing, but are you surrendered? Are you following? Are you submitted? Have you made him your Lord? And I, I love that, that kind of language in Psalm 24. Let the king of glory enter in. You know, that word glory, what it means in the Hebrew, it means like splendor. It means excellence. It means beauty. And so there's this place in God where you can let Jesus, when you see his beauty, you see his majesty, his holiness, his kindness. Mm -hmm. When that king of glory comes into your life, everything is transformed forever. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, there is a nature of like, I mean, having been a Christian this year, 20 years, um, there's a... There is an ever, you're always going to, as you grow in the Lord and you grow deeper in him, you're going to realize areas of you, your heart that might not be surrendered completely. Mm. And you maybe thought they were, you know, and that's actually part of the process too, is like, dude, it's okay. Like death to yourself means death to yourself. And that's an uncomfortable thing. And sometimes, yeah, there's like, I talk to people who are like amazing. I don't know if you know who John Rutke is. Heard of him. Yeah. 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 So he's, I mean, great. I mean, he was worked with Lonnie Frisbee back in the Jesus original Jesus movement. And he's, he's still kicking it today. Still doing amazing things. And, and he's talking to me. He's like, yeah, he's like, even just the other day, he's like, God convicted me of something, you know? And I think that that takes a lot of the pressure over us of like, dude, just surrender to Jesus. And yeah, obviously if there are areas where you're not surrendered that you like, do it like, like surrender. Yeah. You know, it's better. I think there's this fear of like, no, like what happens if, what happens if I let go of this thing that I'm so accustomed to? And I'm like, it's going to be better. That's what's going to happen. But you know, it's like our flesh wants to be like, no, don't like, don't do it. Yeah. Don't let go. Don't trust God. Well, I like uh, to say it like this, sometimes in the kingdom, we think we're, we, we go from like bummer to bummer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But we go from glory to glory. That's right. You know? dude. Like, yeah. I think sometimes like I, this is what I've been saying when I've been ministering at places, like when people are coming to receive Jesus, like every, sometimes we focus on that moment. And it's like, man, that's so good. But then everything else from that point is going to kind of just decrease over time. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. That is the starting place of goodness. And it yeah. only gets better. That's so I'm trying good. to like shift this narrative as yeah. Christians, like, Man, it only gets better. It doesn't get yeah. worse. It doesn't get more tiresome. It doesn't get more lonely. It doesn't get more hard. No, as a matter of fact, it gets better. Man, it really it's does. better to be free from addiction. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. better to be free from bondage. It's better to be free from yourself and free from others. So I'm trying to shift this narrative sometimes mm-hmm. that it's in the body of Christ. We're like, we go from bummer to bummer. It's like, no, <laughs> we go from glory to glory. Yeah, dude. I'm a Christian. It starts off good and it only gets better until the day you either meet Jesus or until the day where he returns to this earth. So Dude. come on, somebody. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And I, I, there's, I, I was having a great conversation with someone on the show. I think it was like a month ago or something, but we were talking about hard stuff you go through, which is an inevitability as you're walking with the Lord, you're, you're, you're going to still endure hard things. You're still going to have to, it's going to, you know, there's going to be suffering, but like Romans chapter five says that suffering gives way to perseverance and that perseverance character and that character hope. And it's like the hard things you're going through are producing 
the answers to your prayers a lot of times. The things yeah. where you're like, the famous one is like, God teach me to be more loving. Well, he's going to give you opportunities, challenging ones to learn to be loving, right? Yeah. And it's going to produce suffering because you're going to have to die to yourself. You're like, man, this person is real, real tough. Yeah. Um, yeah or patience is another one. Thanks, Nish. Um, you know, and I think that uh, that was kind of a, a quite a revelation for him. I'm like, yeah, dude. I'm like, the very things that you're asking the Lord for are being produced in your perseverance through those challenges. Yeah. Um, and it really shifted my perspective on uh, how I even interpret hard things I'm going through. Cause my wife and I are going through some, some challenging stuff right now too, you know? And it's like, dude, it's producing this stuff. It's like, it's the answer to your prayer. Um, it, Cause God is going to, he's going to work all things together for your good. Yeah. I mean, the phrase I'm hearing is like, God isn't hiding from you, but for you. Yeah. Come on now. It's like from you, if I think God is doing something to take away from me or to like distance me from himself, like he's never doing that. Right. Yeah. He, right. Instead, what he does is because he, he knows how he created us and we're created for adventure. We're created for pursuit. Uh, we're in creative. We're created for creativity. We're created to experience him. Right. So what he'll do is he'll maybe hide things for us. Because when we search them and when we seek them and we it's maybe good. sometimes that means endurance, maybe that sometimes that means perseverance, right? Whatever the case is, when I eventually find that thing, it's like there's such a joy and such a there's a life, there's life attached to it because I was able to go on a journey and an adventure with God. You're on a treasure hunt, dude. Yeah. And, and so yeah. I'm just like, man, like anytime in my life where yeah. maybe I feel down or there's thoughts of those things, one, I have to understand, I have to remember who I am and whose I am, mm-hmm. right? I'm a son or daughter of God. And then I'm, I'm a son or daughter of the living God, of the God mm-hmm. who created the heavens and the earth, yeah. right? But then once I get past that identity part, it's like, okay, God, right now, let me take this moment instead of going into like, you know, oh, woe is me. It's like, no, no, no. This is a moment for me on this side of eternity to press into your presence and to press into prayer, press into the word, press into community in a way that I won't get a chance to do once I leave this life, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but what I'm saying is, um, that's what I want to take my thoughts to instead yeah. of me going down and being like, Oh, this is so bad. This is so horrible. No, no. I'm saying this is an opportunity. Like I want to speak to my soul. Like, like David said, strengthen myself in the Lord mm-hmm. and go, God, this is an opportunity for me to grow. This is an opportunity for me to receive this opportunity for me to encounter you. Mm-hmm. Like when you start changing your thought process like that, it's a whole different ball game. I even like to think about it like this, Jeff, like business, right? For those who are in business, when you come into an obstacle in your business, you don't just go, well, I guess I'm going to shut my business down. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, it was a little too tough, a little yeah. too hard. No, you're like, you're like, okay, this is hard, but I know when I get through this, my yep. business is going to grow. You my endure. ROI is going to be higher. I'm going to have more finances, you know, whatever the case may be. And sometimes we don't like to take mindsets like that into the kingdom because we feel like it's bad or selfish. It's like, no, there's a grit that you and I as a believer in Jesus are supposed to have. There's a strength, mm-hmm. an inner strength in our inner man that we're supposed to have to pursue the things of God in Come our on. life. Come on. Come on. So good, dude. Well, dude, because uh, we're you're, you're tied on time. I really wanted to hit on what God's been showing you specifically about women. We got a lot of ladies listening and uh, I think it's awesome. I love what God is speaking through you um, about this. So go for it. Yeah. I mean, it really started, honestly, I mentioned my friend Jenny Donnelly uh, a little bit earlier. Jenny Donnelly, you know, she was she's a woman living in Portland, Oregon. And when it got crazy in 2020, she just basically said, God, put me in the fight. <laughs> and God said, all right, here we go. And so long story short, she started having these dreams of seeing women turning America back to God. And I'm sure many people, you probably, you, you as well, Jeff, you probably know Papa Lou Engel, right? Oh, yeah. Papa Lou has been, 
you know, praying for literally decades for America to turn back to God. And he had a dream almost identical to one that Jenny had. And so they partnered together. And what they've decided to do is they're calling for a gathering on the National Mall in D.C. on Yom Kippur, which I believe is October 12th of 2024. And what they're calling for, it sounds insane, but it's a God, <laughs> is they're calling for a million women and their families, men and children, to gather on the mall to pray, to fast, and to stand. But the reason why I bring that up is because I got kind of you know, integrated or grafted into the storyline because I met Jenny, and it kind of hit me as I started reading the book of Esther in the Bible. That, And even, let me say this, let me take it a step further. As I've been traveling the last year or so across America and the nations, going to different churches and whatnot, I keep seeing this one theme. And this one theme is there is women in America who are burning on fire, full of faith, full of prayer, you know, healing the sick, casting out devils, all the things, raising families. And God's just been highlighting to me that it is the hour, the season, the year of women in America. And that just like Esther, I love the book of Esther in chapter four. It says the word if. So the thing about God is he'll never force Mm. you into anything. He'll always give you the if. And I just believe that if you as a woman listening to this now or later would make a decision in your heart to say, you know what? I'm going to stand for God. I'm going to stand for righteousness. I'm going to raise a family. I'm going to preach the gospel. All these different things. I'm going to do the Great Commission. Man, God will use your life to turn your city, your family, your state, and maybe even your nation back to God. And so I stand, you know, Jeff, you're a man as well. So we stand like Mordecai's in that that book of Esther story. You know, Jenny says it like this. The men are the bows and the women are the arrows. Hmm. And so you can't, each of them needs one another. So as men, we pull that bow back. And then we release it and we release the women as the arrow to pierce the back of the enemy in America. So I just declare that over every woman watching that your voice would be unlocked and that you'd be an arrow in the hands of God to defeat the demonic agenda in America and the nations of the earth. Well, it's interesting too, dude, because, you know, I'm uh, a film guy, you know, I see a lot of, I obviously see a lot of demonic agenda within the film industry, but I also see this undercurrent actually of what God is actually communicating. Cause I mean, he's not, whether someone likes it or not, he's going, and we've seen this illustrated in the Bible too, but whether, whether people like it or not, the thing I'm always amused by is people, even if they're anti-God, they may be like, okay, I'm going to write a story about this thing, or it could Mm. be a superhero thing. They're like, but this is the story. The story's circulating around us, you know, some kind of a theme that I can see God's fingerprint on. And I'm like, whether you like it or not, God just spoke through you. And he's cause, cause there's so many eyes on this. And so where I'm going with that is, um, you know, back in, I think it was like 2017 or whatever, wonder woman came out and there was just this it kind of, I noticed it was like, that was a real shift. Even with just godly women, I noticed was just this like fiery, uh, just intensity kind of emerging from women. It was already there, but, women just feeling like uh i don't know fired up um and i just i noticed that it happened right around when wonder woman came out um i know it was the same with my wife and a lot of my my female friends um, who are believers that are spirit-filled believers and so i do think that that in many ways was a picture of you know because it's like all these women were on this island there's like these fierce warrior women um yeah and elimination said i walked out of the theater feeling like i could take down anything exactly you know, it did something that communicated with the heart of women, even if there were some ungodly agendas within that movie, the undercurrent of it was that it produces fire in women. So yeah. it's interesting to see that kind of emerge even in 
arts and entertainments and and things like that too um y'all are wonder woman ladies (laughs) come on yeah Yeah. i mean it's been incredible you know i keep bringing up jenny because she's just such a good friend of mine and Mm -hmm. you know she's been on these freedom tours across america there's one coming up next week in LA, which I'm super excited about. We'll be at the Angelus Temple, which obviously Amy Simple McPherson, you know, ministered there for so many years in LA and saw incredible miracles and revival. But it, it's just, it's, 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 I can't escape it. You know, like I feel like I'm like Caleb and Joshua coming with a report out of the land. It's like, this is one of the reports of our land right now. You know, it's yeah. like, hey, women are, ra- are being raised up across America that I'm telling you, they do not play games. Like, I'm not talking about just a cute, you know, Christian woman here. I'm talking about, yes, they operate in like what the Bible talks about, being gentle, being lowly, Mm -hmm. being submissive to their husband, all that stuff. But they're full of fire and they're full of faith and they're destroying the works of darkness, the works of the devil in our land. And so it's just such an encouraging time to see women step up. Yeah, come on. And that's something that, you know, I've been a big advocate for since day one on this show is really coming alongside what God is doing with women. I have a lot of just strong women that come on this show that are just on fire, amazing women. Um, and so it's something that I've, I've been very upfront with. So um, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm just excited, dude, about what God yeah. is doing through women. And cool. um, I think that, you know, I've used this analogy several times, um, but it's been a while. So I'm going to use it again. Um, but uh, kind of going back to that Wonder Woman thing, I think that the issues that we've had within the church specifically in regards to men towards women, like you're describing is there's this sudden, there's this intimidation that can come rooted in insecurity, rooted in a lack of knowing your identity as a man in, in Christ himself. And um, the analogy I use is, you know, in wonder woman, there's this Island called Themyscira and there's all these warrior women. And um, I said, if movie tonight, (laughs) yeah, dude, do it. Um, but I said, if Superman himself landed on that island surrounded by all these powerful women, does he cease to be Superman? No, he's still Superman. So um, I, I think that um, men, if you're challenged by what we're talking about, it's really important to understand the why and to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal that within your heart. Because in this process... And this is probably a word for for some of you guys out there in this process of God carrying out his plans through women this year. It's going to reveal areas of brokenness within you that need healing if there if there are things that need to be healed. Mm -hmm. And so my advice to you is to be humble and to posture yourself in that um, openness before the Lord in regards to those areas that need healing, because that is going to be an inevitability of this as well. It's going to expose a religious spirit. It's going to expose areas of healing in men that need to be healed as well. Ross, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but I'm yeah, the only, just really the only thing I'll add is I think when we have this conversation about women, you know, sometimes people, they, they take it the wrong way, mm-hmm. right? I think the Bible is super clear that when it comes to headship, that men are, are called to be the head, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's how it operates in the family and in the church. But just because a man is a head doesn't mean a woman has no voice, <laughs> right? Or it doesn't mean a woman doesn't walk and have the same Holy Spirit that we do. So people get a little scared because they think that we're saying like we should put women in every single posi- every single you know position of leadership. And no, no, that's not what we're saying. Mm-hmm. What we're saying is there's specific roles within the body of Christ that Come women on. can step into. They can be preachers. They can be you know prophets. They can be evangelists, etc. 
right? Women can operate in the fivefold ministry. We're not just saying that we dethrone every single man and, every, and women take over. That's feminism. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what we're saying here is no, women have the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead living in Come them. On. And Come they on. also receive and hear from God That's prophetically. It. So let's not hold back their prophetic voice in seasons and in moments, in gatherings, in churches. There's a mm -hmm. difference between that and giving them positions of leadership over the local body or the local church or their family. That's a whole different conversation. And I just always like making that point clear because then people get mad and they're like, are you saying that women are supposed to be the head? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying they have the same spirit in us that we have as men. Yeah. Therefore, they, they can operate in the prophetic. They can operate preaching the gospel. They can operate in the gifts. So give them the space and opportunity to do so. Come on, come on. Well, we're uh, just about out of time, but Ross, I would love for you to actually pray, pray for us, um, however you feel led. Yeah, well, Jesus, I just pray right now for every person live and later. And Holy Spirit, we just ask for the spirit of revival to fill awesome. all of us listening right now. God, would you mark our hearts with a fire and passion of that we are just consumed by you and for you. And I pray, Lord, that as we continue in this season, in this year, God, give us boldness to proclaim the gospel. And I just declare the dethroning of the idol of feelings in our generation. Mm -hmm. That no matter what we feel, God, we will wow. continue to press into you okay. and we will continue to do the Great Commission, God. That we would say, Jesus, you are worthy, that we fix our eyes, not on things that we can see, but things that we cannot see, for they will last forever. So, Father, release a fresh revelation of Jesus, a fresh revelation of our authority and power in the Holy Spirit. And I pray for a boldness and tenderness to come upon us as the body of Christ, to lead people to Jesus and to reform the world around us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So you have a, an event coming up uh, in San Bernardino soon, right? Yes, it's our first California Will Be Saved gathering of the year. And uh, when I spoke in San Bernardino a few months ago at a church and I was blown away by the hunger. And I was like, guys, we have to do an event there. So <laughs> we're going to downtown San Bernardino, bringing a full sound system. We're going to worship, preach the gospel, baptize people right there in the street. It's going to be incredible. It's on February 24th, 4 p.m. Court Street Square. <laughs> Boom. And yeah, guys, follow California Will Be Saved Instagram or wherever else they are, their website. Ross, you're posting this. So um, you guys, it'll be fresh on your mind as it as it comes closer, especially if you live in that area. Please go check it out. Um, yeah. So and then obviously, you guys, please follow Ross. Links are in the description to all of his socials because um, you're always doing stuff. You're always posting stuff. Always yep. encouraging. Yeah, so. all across all across America at this point. So I love meeting all the new people. North Carolina, Texas, Florida, oh man, Arizona, Nevada, Oregon, Washington. We're all over. So I would love mm -hmm. to meet you. And and yeah, it's gonna be an, it's an, it's gonna be a great year. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Ross. Well, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate you. Everything God's doing through doing three. I can't talk right now. Great job. Great, good job. Good Thank job, you. man. Good to see you guys. <laughs> yeah. So guys, that's our show. Be blessed. Tune in tomorrow. We've got. Derek and Rebecca Dukes, they're a new couple. We just met them through Victoria and Josh Rich. They're going to be sharing a powerful testimony of um, adopting kids. And it's really amazing. Um, and God's taking them through a lot. So I'm excited to get to meet them officially uh, along with you guys. So tune in tomorrow, 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Derek and Rebe Rebecca Dukes. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. 
For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Donate today.